Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Jeremiah Patterson Show, and we now begin our special coverage on the results of the Iowa caucuses. We are waiting uh, just right now. Here we go. circumstances surrounding the 2020 Iowa Democratic uh, Party caucuses were unacceptable. As chair of the party, I apologize deeply for this. Last night, we were faced with multiple reporting challenges and decided, out of an abundance of caution, to protect the integrity of the Iowa caucuses and their results. By t- but let me be clear. My number one priority has been on ensuring the accuracy and integrity of the results. And we have been working all night to be in the best position to report results. And here, in just a couple of minutes, uh, we will be reporting uh, 62% of precincts from all 99 counties. The bottom line is that we hit a stumbling block on the back end of the reporting of the data But the one thing I want you to know, we know this data is accurate. And we also have a paper trail and documentation that that have been able to use uh, to provide information to help verify the results. This is personal to me. I'm a lifelong Iowan. I have caucused for 20 years. And I know how important it is for, to our party, to our state, and to everyone, from our neighbors to new voters, to be able to come together all across this state. We want Iowans to be confident in the results and in the process, and we are going to take the time that we need to make sure that we do just that. So I know folks are going to want to be seeing the results as they come in, but I'm happy to take a couple of quick questions before that happens. How can anyone trust you now? We have been working day and night to make sure that these results are accurate. The one thing I will say is that uh, the underlying data, the raw data, is secure. It was always secure. Uh, this was a coding error uh, in, uh, in one of the pieces on the back end, but the raw data, the data that has come in, is secure. And I can assure Iowans of that. that happens every four years. There's no doubt that that conversation will take place again. Uh, But right now, my focus is making sure that we get these results out. We are going to continue to do that, and uh, we will have the results out as soon as we can. Jeff. take the time we need to get these results done. Now that we have the first uh, batch that's going to be coming out here in a couple of minutes, uh, we're going to continue to go through our processes, verifying everything. But the thing to remember here, folks, is that we have a paper trail. We have always said all along uh, that throughout this process that we have backups to this system, that we have redundancies built in. And one of the ways that we do that is through the paper trail. Now, the fact is, is that as we uh, started doing this uh, last night, it took longer than we expected. And so, but the under, my paramount concern is making sure that these results are accurate and reflect what happened last night in uh, caucuses across the state. We're going to do just that, and that's we're going to take the time we need to do that. 
submitted for review by an independent third party? Why was the app never tested statewide? And why did the Iowa Democratic Party deny the Department of Homeland Security's offer to test the app? We have, one, I have no knowledge of the Department of Homeland Security making that offer to us. I will say that we have worked with cybersecurity experts, nationally renowned cybersecurity experts, to test this app and to do testing and security checks on this app. So we took the steps we felt was necessary, but we found a coding error last night once we discovered some irregularities as the results started to come in. Why was it never tested? What's that? No, there weren't. And that's why, and that is why the, that's why what happened last night is simply unacceptable. And so, uh, again, we're going to have a thorough and independent review of exactly what happened last night. We still, right now, we're in the process of making sure that we get these results out. And that's what we're going to stay focused on. Yeah. said all along that we were going to make uh, these caucuses the most transparent possible. This year we're reporting out more data than we ever have reported before. And in addition to that, we have paper trails that we've never had before. And so we're going to take the time we need to verify these results, but these results are being based off what happened in the precincts last night. When uh, I ran for chair, I made a commitment to see the caucus process through. That is what I am working on. That is what I will continue to work on. And whatever happens after that uh, is to be determined. Anyways, thank you all, folks. The results are coming in. We will see you later. It is 5.02 p.m. Eastern time. The first numbers are indeed coming in. And no, not yet. Brian Williams here with you in New York. Steve Kornacki at the board, what do you have? Yep, with, they just dropped a ton of votes. Let me take you through this because again, remember, there are three different categories. All right, TJPS listeners here, we have the first wins and results. We will break that to you momentarily. Here we go. This is, uh, so the numbers you see underneath, 359 for Buttigieg, 334 for- Oh, I wanted to ask you, Liz and I are gonna do some work around the house. Do you know any good contractors? Mine. That's great. Can you check their qualifications? Make sure they have great reviews and research the average price for the job. Oh, and book them on Wednesday. Actually, make it Friday. It went in the water. You can't expect your neighbors to do everything HomeAdvisor can. So for a better way to get home projects done right, just ask HomeAdvisor. All right, everyone, welcome back. As we continue our special coverage uh, we are following simultaneous news coverages here and then once again this is too early to call uh, Pete Buttigieg sitting here at 27%, Bernie Sanders at 25%, Elizabeth Warren at 18% and Joe Biden at 16%. Once again that is, this is too early to call uh, but we are we will be ready when we have to make a TJPS production excuse me TJPS projection of who won the state of Iowa. So stay with us on the special coverage. All right, so as we await to make a TJPS special uh, projection of who won the state of Iowa last night, 
we are awaiting more from the Iowa Democratic Party. Uh, we are following this coverage simultaneously on the Iowa Dem 2020 Democratic Caucuses, which occurred yesterday, uh, Monday, February 3rd. So if any of you are confused when that coverage uh, posted this morning, um, that is because, as I said, I did not want simultaneous episodes publishing on the Iowa caucuses. Uh, but there are lots of things that this podcast will... Lots of episodes, especially in this busy week. Um, this Saturday, I'm just going to give you a rundown of what... Excuse me there. I'm just going to give you a rundown of what may transpire on the show on Saturday. Uh, so for this Saturday on Jeremiah Patterson Show, we may be talking about the State of the Union, which is also occurring tonight. I'm uh, up and ready to watch that coverage of the State of the Union, simultaneously still following the news of the Iowa caucuses, which we do not yet have all full results full, full results for. Uh, we are receiving some results here from MSNBC and CNN and CNN and Fox News and other, uh, other news reporting, uh, and from the New York Times as well. But also on Saturday, we'll be discussing the State of the Union. I know for sure there will be guests on the show for Saturday. Um, impeachment, which it does look like it's inevitable that the president will be acquitted at this point uh, in our time. Also, we will be discussing the Iowa caucuses and how it was almost, or should I say a calamity, as the uh, Iowa caucus, as you heard there by the Iowa caucus, excuse me, as you heard there by the uh, Democratic, the Iowa Democratic chair saying, quote, delayed results is just unacceptable. So as we follow this simultaneous coverage, I had my uncle on yesterday and he said Mayor Pete would be good. If Mayor Pete did win this, if he did win this yesterday, from our reporting today, we are now looking at Mayor Pete Buttigieg right now. Uh, this is an MSNBC um, reporting, but it's, it's not, excuse me, these are not MSNBC numbers. These are from the Iowa Democratic Party. It is showing we are, we are showing right now that Mayor Pete is number one at 27%. Once again, that is too, this is too close to call, and we do not know if this is accurate reporting. Once again, this is from the Iowa Democratic Party. But nevertheless, whoever won, if, if indeed Mayor Pete did win, this would be historic. The first openly gay candidate winning the Iowa caucuses. And if he wins the nomination in July, following simultaneously and going up against President Trump and winning the presidency and becoming the first openly gay president of the United States. Because th that, would be very, that would be very much remarkable. James Buchanan, back in the 1800s, right before Abraham Lincoln, he was the 15th president of the United States. He was gay, but he was not openly gay. So, President, if, if there is a President Pete or a President Warren or a President Sanders or a President Biden, whoever wins the nomination in July will have to take down Trump and potentially become the President of the United States and take down Trump, become the President of the United States. You, they, that candidate will be sworn in on January 20th, 2021. And so... As we watch the Iowa caucuses, and as we get these results, and as we watch the President's State of the Union tonight, as we see the impeachment trials concluding with no witnesses and no documents subpoenaed, just an expeditious process, let's get this over with, because the President's State of the Union is coming up. As we see all of these things transpiring, this is a busy week in America, a busy year, and I gotta say, it's it's been... A busy time, busy time.
But we do not know what will happen. We do know what will happen in July. We do know who will receive the nomination in July. But it looks like, based on the indication of the reporting uh, from multiple news sources, it looks like uh, Pete Buttigieg and Bernie Sanders uh, won the night last night. Uh, but once again, that is we do not know for sure that that is uh, accurate reporting because there has been a little bit of a veracity lost with the uh, I, with I, with Iowa caucuses. We do not know if this will be the last Iowa caucuses due due to the failure yesterday. Uh, but we are we are watching this according to the United States Constitution. Americans do have the right to vote, and if if Americans really do want Trump out of the White House, if the Americans do not want any more corruption or uh, threats or just ridiculous, preposterous, and just unscrupulous actions taking place in the White House that that is perceived as unpresidential and almost ridiculous if they don't want that going on in the white house you have to go out and vote according to the constitution us as americans if you are 18 or older in the united states of america you have the right to vote you have the right to vote and you shall not be denied that right because you are 18 or older and so then you will have the right to vote but what we've seen what we've seen according to the iowa caucus democratic party last night um, it, it appears to be that the turnout last night was just as it was in 2016, which was, uh, which indicated this, which indicated a very low number. In 2018, there was a record turnout for the 2018 midterm elections. We covered that on this podcast, also simultaneously on our blog, election blog. Uh, we do not have an election blog up uh, this time. But we will be getting one up because there's lots that we're going to be posting on there, especially our website that will be launching very soon. But I just want to say this is very intriguing. Uh, we just finished the Iowa caucuses, which are, I guess you could say, simultaneously still taking place. And then the President's State of the Union is tonight as well. So it's like for journalists and for news podcasters, there is no break. It is just over and over again. It's like a perpetual process. But... As we watch this, we see right now Pete Buttigieg at number one with 362, I believe that's delegates, it may be votes, uh, 27%. Bernie Sanders, number two, 337 votes or delegates, uh, 25%. Elizabeth Warren, 18%. And Joe Biden, 16%. Many people are speculating and also, I guess you could say these are sort of conspiracy theories that there is a hack, uh, but it appears to be that there is there are some complications with the new app that I was talking about. Um, there, there appears to be that there are some complications with the new app um, that they were trying to do that they were trying to work with this year instead of uh, hand counting votes. It's based the app is basically like a fancy calculator, so they were just trying that out to see what exactly would go with the app. But unfortunately, the app has failed. Once again, lots of conspiracy theories that, oh, Russia did it. Another country hacked the Iowa caucuses. That is inaccurate reporting. And if you hear that, we'll just define that and delineate that as a conspiracy theory because that is not currently accurate and not currently true and sufficient and feasible information. So it's not really contingent information at this point uh, right now uh, as we are continuing our special coverage on the Iowa caucuses. Thank you. Uh, we'll be right back and we will be ready to make the projection when necessary. 
stay with us on this very special coverage of the Jeremiah Patterson Show as we are getting ready to make our projection on this special day. Or joining me once again uh, for this very special episode of the Jeremiah Patterson Show uh, is Ms. Najima Davis Washington, an engagement strategist at the College of Charleston. Uh, so the results right now show that Pete Buttigieg is sitting at, I believe, 27% and Bernie Sanders is right under him. And then Elizabeth Warren and Joe Biden follow. So what's your perspective on this whole catastrophe right now as we have been waiting for the results? Well, I think they're obviously two things that we want to <clears throat> think about. We want to think about obviously what are the results. Mm -hmm. We also want to take into account what's happening with this app and this technology. Yeah. Um, this shadow app, if, if I'm you know correct in, in what it is, mm -hmm. it's, um, it's quite disappointing that when we needed this thing to perform, it did not perform. Yeah. So I think people are going to be taking that into consideration it really just kind of adds another layer of distrust mm -hmm. um you know whether you're thinking about um um you know, voting machines that don't work or uh you know apps that don't properly count yeah. people there just seems to be so many problems that adding a technological glitch like this seems unnecessary mm -hmm. i had a colleague uh, and friend and um uh, executive director of the New Georgia Project, she uh -huh. posted probably on her personal page just the idea that we need to perhaps think again about paper ballots. I know it sounds crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, in this day and age, but we, yeah. we really are talking about people's votes, and you don't want votes disenfranchised, and you want people to feel like they are properly and adequately participating in the process. Mm -hmm. So we've talked about the app and how it's a little disappointing that when we needed it to perform, and it failed. Now, the next part of that, obviously, is the results of the caucus. Now, unfortunately, yeah. I don't really know a lot about Iowa or Iowans. Um, I, I know that they hold this, you know, place of honors having our first uh, caucus uh, uh -huh. primaries of the, of, the, of, the, of the season where things start to get serious and real. Yeah. Um, I do know that there are pockets of urban areas, but it's Midwest and it's rural. And with Buttigieg and uh, Sanders, you said, at, uh, um, leading the way in, in, in the results. Yeah. I guess I'm not really, dis I'm not, I'm not, um, I'm not surprised. You mm. would expect perhaps a Midwesterner to have a greater pull. Uh-huh i.e. Buttigieg, and Sanders, with the demographics of the area, mm -hmm. if I understand correctly, there are some urban centers where there are at least two major colleges, and we know who Bernie's base is, and we know yeah. how you know particular <clears throat> college students are, are energized by this old white man. Mm -hmm. I'll just say it like that. <laughs> um, uh, I'm... I, um, I love that Bernie has been at the forefront of the fight for so long. Uh-huh. <clears throat> but I don't know that realistically 
in the end, do I want another old white man mm-hmm. to attempt to be representing me and my issues? Um, mm. That's no disrespect to him and no disrespect to his legacy. Mm-hmm. But we talk, we, we continue to talk about wanting change. Yeah. And um, I think that's where people were so disappointed with the fact that we're at February and the pool for the Democratic Party looks just as lily white and old as yeah. we expect it to do to be. And um, I, I, I'm, it's still early, but as far as the Democrats are concerned, I'm mm-hmm. starting to get a little concerned because what are we going to end up with? Yeah. Are we going to end up with older white, uh, mm-hmm. Bernie... Uh, Joe and Elizabeth or are we going to end up with Pete who uh, you know at this point anybody can be president (laughs) so I I had had some reservations about his age not necessarily Uh his experience but his age um, because I I want to respect his military experience and I know that running a city is not easy so I respect him for that uh, there are questions, obviously, about um, within the black community, uh, how he operated uh, in his state and in his city as it relates to law enforcement and people of color. And I understand mm-hmm. that uh, not only has that been um, a, a point that he's been emphasizing, the fact that the fact that he recognizes that there's a problem the way that black people interact with the police and Mm. i'm I'm appreciative that he recognizes that Uh but respectfully as former candidate cory booker would say you can i can tell you whatever i'm going to do what Uh have i done because that is going to be a greater indicator of exactly what it is that i'm going to do when i step into office and someone else brought up a point i hate to get my news from facebook but mm-hmm. someone else brought up a point that, you know, these these promises <laughs> uh-huh. that these folks are making, they can't do what they're, they can't do what they're yeah. promising. They can't do what they're promising. We have to, we can't go on promises. Mm-hmm. People need to be elected on their record. Yeah. Plain and simple, in my opinion. So, um, Pete. Uh, I, I like that he's surging. I like that, um, people are passionate about him. Yeah. I like that. I think it's encouraging. It's encouraging for young folks. It's encouraging for people who are, who want to take a look at what's going on in the, p- the political system and get involved. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do have a few reservations. Um, yeah. Warren, uh, Good luck. That's uh-huh. all I really got to say. I'm not really crazy about her as a as a, as a candidate. Mm-hmm. There's just nothing that's really moving me. And we need, unfortunately, we need a level of charisma yeah. in a candidate that's going to counter the charisma of the president who has not stopped campaigning. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to need someone that has that that charisma. And, um, you know, Bernie's got it. Yeah. We love Uncle Joe. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Marianne Williamson, who I, you know, 
followed and, and admired for her spiritual um, stance. Um, she urged Iowans to vote their conscience. Mm-hmm. And I think that's great. But in the end, realistically, we have to think about who is electable. Yeah. Against what we're going to face. Mm-hmm. And it's not even so much are our people going to go out, rather, are Democrats going to go out and vote for the Democratic candidate? Yeah. The question is are the Democrats going to select a candidate that might make people who wouldn't vote for him stay home? Mm. You know, it's got to be so galvanizing on the Democratic side, yeah, but not so threatening to someone who has a different opinion mm-hmm. on policy. Because that's what we had in, in 2016. People were not passionate enough about what was at stake yeah. and they stayed home mm-hmm. on the democratic end yeah at the same time though let me correct myself because I, it can't be ignored mm-hmm. that three million more people voted for Hillary Clinton than did Donald Trump yeah and I think it's disrespectful to democracy mm-hmm. for us to not take that into consideration. Yeah. I think the electoral college is eh. But we can't we can't pick and choose what we want from history. Mm-hmm. We can't say the founding fathers were great at what they did and, and, and what they what foresight they had yeah on impeachment and then maybe turn around and say oh but wait the electoral electoral college doesn't doesn't work for us we got to figure out you know what are we really going to fight mm-hmm. what did they what did they quote unquote really mean what could they really have anticipated what could they really have you know foreseen planned for adequately yeah it's 2020. 2020. Yeah. That I, means so much. Uh-huh. It really does. Uh, especially at this point, uh, currently right now. I mean, if voters, according to the United States Constitution, uh, you have the right to vote as 18 or older. Uh, and if voters stay in their houses during this election, which is so paramount, people, many people are saying, I mean, do you want Donald Trump removed from office or not? Because obviously right now, it looks like it's inevitable that Trump will be acquitted. Uh, and his State of the Union is tonight. Uh, we do now know that uh, 27%... Uh, goes to Pete Buttigieg sitting at number one. Uh, Bernie Sanders sitting in second place at 25%. Um, Warren is at 18% uh, third place. And Joe Biden is at uh, is number four and 16%. Uh, this, is, this has not been projected. This is not confirmed yet. This is just according to the Iowa uh, Democratic Party. But he's... Uh, the chairman of the Iowa Democratic Caucus Party says that uh, this is just unacceptable that it took this long, uh, but there were some complications. People were saying conspiracy theories that Russia hacked, 
which is, <laughs> I mean, we don't know what happened here. Well, yeah, we don't know what happened here. Uh, but whatever did happen, uh, it looks like Pete might be making history as the first openly gay person to win the Iowa caucuses uh, right now. And wouldn't that be fantastic? Yeah. Wouldn't it be in, in 2020? Um, let's say that people didn't think about his sexuality. Yeah. Let's let's hope that that's the situation. Mm-hmm. Really? You know, let's, let's hope that that's the situation in 2020, that people heard his message... They thought about his experience. They heard his commercials where, where he, he pinged on our current president. I don't have to worry about it, you know what a military convoy uh-huh. looks like because I was driving one. Mm-hmm. And that's the truth. That's the kind of experience I want. Yeah. I want someone who has faced danger. I admire someone who has put their life on the line yeah. for our country. And I uh, you know, it's dangerous to say that every president should have some type of military experience. <laughs> but I like, you know, given what we got now, I'm certainly, I would certainly be open to it. Yeah. So congratulations to Pete Buttigieg. Mm-hmm. Congratulations, hopefully, to the American people for being open-minded. Yeah. And seeing past sexuality mm-hmm. and, and at least in Iowa, supporting uh-huh. someone whose views and experience that they stand behind and are willing to put actual votes behind. Now, yeah. of course, this begins the momentum. Mm-hmm. It really does. Um, so, Ber- not Bernie Sanders, uh, James Buchanan back in the 1800s, he was the first uh, gay president. He was not openly gay. If Pete wins the nomination in July and is elected um, in November, he'll be the first openly gay U.S. president. Uh, but I, we have to take a quick break here. But before we go, I want to ask this last question. Um, Donald Trump, we've seen what has happened with the collusion in 2016 and with Russia and what happened there. We've also seen this going on with the Ukraine scandal. And basically what these senators are saying here is we've seen all of this. We've seen that what the president has done. We've seen that he's corrupt. We know that he's corrupt, but we're still going to vote to acquit him and say that all of this is right. All of this is right. That, that's basically what they're saying here. But according to the Constitution, they have a, a, an obligation to impeach, to indict a president or remove him from office if he would be detrimental to the nation. And obviously this is just... Uh, a careless move so it looks like Donald J Trump will not be removed from office and it's kind of infuriating for most Americans because I feel like almost annoyed that corruption is starting to become normalized so let me step in here I'm very glad that we have a chance to have this conversation uh, and that I'm able to make this point because I thought about this what the Senate is telling us Mm mm-hmm what these Republican senators are telling us in so many words is that the American people and the Senate and politicians and corporations, they don't live in the same world that we do. Yeah. And what they have accepted as status quo okay behavior is what's really happening but the people of America don't know it and that it's just 
the way of the world and that yeah. sure Donald Trump may have had some inappropriate conversations but hey maybe he didn't know uh-huh. or this is what's really going on behind scenes and we need a yeah. you know we knew who we, who we were electing we needed somebody who could go in there and rock and roll yeah well, we don't want rock and roll hold on we I'm gonna have to uh, my apologies we don't want rock and roll and I don't want to be represented by people who think that this type of behavior is acceptable. And I yeah. hope and pray that the people of America mm-hmm. are taking note to exactly what's going on and what these senators and their representatives, the people that yes. represent them, are doing. And I hope that people speak. Mm-hmm. Speak with their vote in November. But not only in this, these... um. You know, state and national elections. Yeah. But in their local elections as well. <laughs> so, um, we just heard Bernie Sanders speak there. Uh, we couldn't get the audio clip up, but Bernie Sanders just spoke. Uh, I did this thing on my podcast uh, a couple of couple of weeks ago, I guess you could say. Oh, we have new reporting right now. Uh, Bernie Sanders is now leading the national poll for New Hampshire, according to the uh, Boston Globe right now. Uh, Joe Biden is in second place. That puts Elizabeth Warren at uh, third place and then Pete Buttigieg at fourth place. Um, This is just new reporting. Uh, What do you make of this? Oh, hold on. Here we go. Uh, We have new reporting from New Hampshire uh, for the 2020 Democratic nomination. This is likely... Uh, Bernie Sanders is number one, and Pete follows as third. Joe Biden is number three. What do you make of this new reporting as we uh, follow this tonight, minutes before the president's State of the Union? I think that, again, it's too early to tell. It is February. Uh-huh. I don't know um, when a strong, the strongest candidate will emerge. People yeah. are building momentum. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be a state-by-state, case-by-case basis. Yeah. Um, but at some point, um, <laughs> the pundits and the real <laughs> political scientists might be able to tell you that at some point, yeah. there's going to be a switch that's flipped. Mm-hmm. And the whole country that is planning to vote Democratic is going to get behind a candidate and it will be evident uh, in our votes and in polls. Um, yeah. But as far as to d- these most recent um, results, um, I uh, let's put put let's take a look after the president's State of the Union. Mm-hmm. Let's see what happens. Uh, let's see if anyone that might have been uh, left leaning uh, might fall back to the right. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Let's see. I mean, there's, there's, it's too early to tell. There are too many data points. Um, mm-hmm. But candidates are going to be harking on every opportunity to build momentum. Yeah. Yes, most definitely. Uh, many books have came out. Uh, we are long overdue for our break here, but I just want to ask this one more question. Uh, many books have come out just talking about Donald Trump and how not such a good president he is, how unpresidential and how uh, just inequitable he is as a president. Like uh, this one, A Very Stable Genius, written by Philip Rucker and Carol Lenning, and then A Warning by Anonymous, and some other books have just, just laid out the president's misogynistic behavior 
and his just terrible behavior towards women and his just numerous accounts of sexual assault and just his corruption. I mean, this guy is our president. And if Americans, I mean, if, if people do vote for him again in 2020, God forbid, and if he does win the election again in 2020 and he becomes president, what do you think this symbolizes for America? Oh, a very, very bad continued nightmare. Yeah. Um, I long, oh, th these are dangerous words for me to speak, but I long for revolution. Mm -hmm. I long for revolution. Um, we are too complacent. We are too uh, accepting of what is this status quo? And I fear what another four years or four, uh, you know, eight complete years of Donald Trump will do to uh, this nation, um, mm -hmm. to our standing in, in the global economy and, and, and respectability. Yeah. I, I really fear that. Um, it says a lot. It, 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 it says a lot. It says a lot. Uh, about the type of people that he has empowered and emboldened and that they do have these feelings. They, they, they have these feelings about what America is supposed to be and they have somehow convinced themselves that uh -huh. black and brown people do not belong in this country that black and brown people mm -hmm. have fought and toiled and bled for and they're yeah. wrong and it's unfortunate mm -hmm. and I long for the time when America yeah. speaks up mm -hmm. and uses her voice yeah. remembers her values and uses her voice mm -hmm. Alright, we are now 31 minutes away from the President delivering his State of the Union tonight uh, this is hopefully the President's final State of the Union uh, and it looks like he's going to be acquitted in the uh, Senate. Uh, but thank you once again, Miss Najima Davis, for coming on the show. You are very welcome. I'm happy to um, speak on these issues. Thank you again, Jeremiah. Thank you. All right, everyone, we'll be right back on this TJPS special coverage. All right, we have about 24 minutes to the President's State of the Union. I'm going to be watching it tonight along with uh, special coverage on the news. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of The Jeremiah Patterson Show. Share it with a friend or a loved one and get ready for Saturday because we have lots planned on this very busy week and the New Hampshire voting and the New Hampshire primary is coming up. So stay with us and thank you for listening to this very special episode of The Jeremiah Patterson Show.